City of Slow Rivers. City of slow rivers draining from north and east. City of summers long and hot, sweet discomfort of close to a hundred degrees. If you live here, you savor it. You learn when to stay in and when to breathe evenings cool. If you hail from somewhere else, you might not understand. Sacramento summers, a state of life, a way of mind. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Sharon Smith, and this is Iambic Poetry Podcast. And I got here a poetry legend of Sacramento. I got here professor, musician, poet laureate, president. I like to give you Bob Stanley. Yay! <laughs> How are you doing, Bob? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you, Sharon. It's fun to be here. Thank you for coming to my show. Uh, I really, what I wanted to, the reason why I wanted you on my show is because you have a lot of history, not only with Sacramento poetry, but with Sacramento itself. I mean, even being that you were a poet laureate, you're also a musician. I mean, you've done so much. And, and even though you are exiting out of being in, on the board, being official on the board, I do want, I do know you have so much history involved. That was, that's why I wanted you on this show. Because um, I want people to know about. Them. <laughs> well, thank but, you. Uh, what I want to know first of all, what got you started in poetry? Oh man, uh, I was in high school. It was senior year in high school. I was probably sixteen, and uh, took a took a class. It was they, we had electives. We got to take you know oh, take this, take that, and um, I took a class on poetry just because it seemed like oh it'd be fun. It was the sixties, you know. And I read this one poem by E.E. E. Cummings, uh, and it was, and it just kind of took the top of my head off. I I, uh, I remember the first first stanza. So the name of the poem is the is the first line. Anyone lived in a pretty how town with upstow floating many bells down. Spring, summer, autumn, winter, they sang there didn't they danced there did. And the whole poem went on. One day, anyone, you know, and it was just kind of about this. The name of the character was anyone. And his, his spouse or his lover was no one. So it was kind of like anyone did this and no one did that. And it made sense and it didn't make sense at the same time. Right. And I just thought, this is so cool. I want to I do this. I want to, you know, make, I want to play with words. And I, I, I um, so that was really that one class, 19... 1969, um, and then when I went to uh, to college, I took a couple more classes, and I had this one class. It was just like every poet that I read was just like, "Oh my God, P.S. Eliot, he's amazing." Oh, Theodore uh, Redke, Sylvia Plath. You know, each each poet was just like, well, "That's different." Right? Everyone was just like a whole new way of of you know. And I, and I never really liked 
analyzing, I never really like English classes, you know, what is the meaning of this and define three themes and, you know, point to it. And, you know, I was never good at writing that, uh, that thematic essay or English papers, you know, it just wasn't, so I didn't really think I, I wanted to be an English teacher, but I, I realized when I was in college that I loved poetry just for the sake of poetry. And I love to read novels too. I, I just like reading stories. And so I just thought, man, I can get my degree just by reading a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So, and I, and that wasn't actually true, right? I actually had to write stuff and I, I've gotten, I don't think I'm a, a good prose writer, but I've learned over the years, but poetry just, I started writing it, you know, I'd write it and show it to people. And then, um, when I was in my twenties, I joined a, a poetry group. I lived in the East Bay in Alameda and I joined a group that met once a month, they'd get together and they'd, they'd have little contests and they'd talk about poetry and, uh, they had a newsletter. I did their newsletter for a while, kind of like I am big, right? It was kind of, here's what's going on this month. And then I got, so that, so there was a, that was called Alameda Poets. And I was a member, I was president of that at one point. And you end up president when nobody, nobody else wants to be president. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but Alameda Poets was good. We had uh, readings every, every month and some really cool old hipsters in that group. There's a woman named Mary Rudge who, you saw her on the street, you'd think she, like, she could just barely walk and, and she was older and um, kind of slow, but man, she, she would read poetry and her eyes would light up and she would just like, just like her life force would drive through her and she was just a great, and she was poet laureate of Alameda. Okay. Uh, she, she passed away probably in the last, maybe seven years ago, but she was just, man, you put a poem in that woman's hand and she was powerful. But otherwise, you'd think she was just kind of shuffling along the street like she was lost. So uh, we were friends, and I made a lot of friends in the poetry world. So I moved to Sacramento, and I know you want to get to Sacramento and the Poetry Center. In 19, I do too. Uh, 1989, we moved here, and I think it was about five years later, I had a friend who was, uh, who was involved in the teachers' union at San Juan School District. And he was friends with Stan Zumbiel. I don't know Stan. I think I've heard the name, but I've heard so Stan was a was on the SPC board, and he, Stan was one of the founders. Okay. Stan was a an English professor at Bella Vista. I think I got that right, Bella Vista High School. And so Tom, my friend, was a kind of a mutual friend. He said, "Well, you you like poetry. You should probably go and go to the Sacramento Poetry Center." Okay. So he he hooked me up with Stan. I went to a board meeting, and there were, I don't know, maybe half a dozen people. Mary Zeppa was there. Julia Connor, who was the poet laureate before me. Okay. Um, and Luke Bright was the president of the Poetry Center then, and he was kind of a my way or the highway, right? We, you know, he, he, he was kind of the, the man. Every, everybody looked to him, like, what are we going to do, Luke? And he'd say, well, we're going to do this. Or, you know, so um, I went to board meetings. I joined the board. And then I remember really distinctly, you know, I went to some readings. I started hosting a little bit. We were over at the ballet building at 17th and K. Okay. We, and so we'd, we'd go in and we had a key. We'd go in and we'd bring out the chairs and we'd go into this ballet practice room. It was a huge room with mirrors on three sides and it was cold. And it had like a, a mat, like a workout mat, because that's where the dancers would dance. 
but we'd set up in this room and and then people would come you know there'd be so I, I started going to readings probably once or twice a month i started hosting um and we were at the ballet for a long time um you know it was kind of the same as it is as it is now except for pandemic but i mean there was a you know you'd have a feature or two features and then you'd have open mic and then people would hang out and talk and so that was like 1995 so that was 20 wow. 25 years ago right um and some of the same people so stan and mary and julia and um i remember meeting joanne anglin there um trying to think Jose Montoya would be there sometimes. He was poet laureate before Julia. He was amazing. I got to know Richard Hansen at the Book Collector. He was a... So um, So I was on the board, and then the Poetry Center, about 10 years later, moved to where we are now on 25th Street. And then it was, it, it was better because before, we just owned, like, Monday night between 7 and 10. And we couldn't do anything else. It was just that, that was our time. But once we had our own place... Then it was like, oh, well, we can do Tuesday night or we can do Thursday or how about we have a, you know, a writing workshop or we can do Saturdays. So it became kind of our own place. And that and then people started getting involved. I got I was I became president in probably 2006. So I was on the board for 10 years before I before I started, uh, uh, you know, being president and doing more of the administrative stuff. But we also had people who would volunteer and do stuff i mean uh, jack shouten started the gallery and then bethany took the gallery and made it into just an amazing you know the gallery made the place so much cooler right you know, Frank. so 2006 you became po oh, you, you became president of sacramento poetry center but you in 2009 you became poet laureate of sacramento the poet laureate was actually let me think about that poet laureate was yeah 2009 you're right, right, right. 2009 through 12 so, so i was on the board of the poetry center probably was one reason I got elected because I had been volunteering and doing lots of poetry stuff. I don't think it was, you know, my publications or my record, my academic, certainly wasn't my academic record. <laughs> but, but, it was, no, so, but you also went through the, the standard of, you know, going to the board, um, trying to um, give your three poems, also give your community service and stuff like they do yeah, now. So, uh, yeah. It's the same as it is now. Big application. You send right. them your poems. We didn't do presentations. I think they started that a couple times ago. Okay. Um, they just went on a, the strength of a of a paper. Um, you know, here's here's your twenty pages. It would be, I think it was ten pages of poems and you know a cover letter and a, um, I was fortunate. Uh, Emmanuel Sagake nominated me. He wrote a, a letter of uh, nomination for me. Mm -hmm. I'm forever indebted. I had a lot of fun being poet laureate. I I wrote poems. I I was at the opening of the Crocker when they opened the new building. I got to read a poem to the crowd. I went to churches and read poems to churches and schools. Um, I don't know. Lots of poetry readings. Uh, it's a long time ago. I, I was just actually I was just going through some files because um, I I am leaving the board now. Right. Um, but we did, did and, and a lot of it was, you know, in conjunction with the Poetry Center, or we, I got a bunch of poets together, we did a tour of community colleges. So I had uh, Josh Fernandez and Susan Kelly DeWitt, okay. Maya Kosla. We went around to the different colleges, and we gave little readings and had 
kind of Q&A sessions, and I got right. money from the city to help pay the poets so that they could, you know, because it's kind of nice when you can pay poets to do yeah. some work. <laughs> but we paid them. It was called Confluence. I think we did three years in a row. Kathleen Lynch was involved in that. It was it was great. You know, you'd come into the classroom, and there was like, uh, Lawrence did it with me one year. Lawrence Dinkins, uh, and, uh, you know, so... My goal was to get as many different styles of poetry in front of as many audiences as I could. And it's interesting that you said that because I've always, I've always saw that the poet laureate um, position was always, as I've been told, it's been like a, a victory lap to to most poets like um, like um, Jose or anybody, just for them just to say that I was there and now this is my final hurrah before they go out. But you were a president before you became a poet laureate. And were present while after you became poet laureate, so I'm I'm conf- it's perplexing me to say that you never had the victory lap per se. <laughs> <laughs> you were working and also going. <laughs> well, the, the thing marathon. is, I, I was I was lucky. I mean, the, the work is what I really like to do. So, right. you know, even I mean, even now I'm I'm technically I'm off the board. You know, I was I got tired of doing, you know, administrative stuff and making sure the files and the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. But I'm still organizing poetry classes and I'm, you know, I'm doing a fundraising thing for Feed the Front Lines and I teach a class and people pay. You know, I'm always kind of, I think I'm just a kind of a serial organizer. That's good. (laughs) I just like to, I like to get people together and do stuff and I I can't help myself. Mm. And I love, and poetry is a really good you know, as you know, it's just such a uh, a positive force that, you know, people can get together and share. And we all can kind of find, we get to know each other better by hearing each other's poems. Right. Even if we're beginners or, you know, I mean, um, I think the, the best poets, I mean, when Ellen, Ellen Bass did that workshop um, or that reading for SBC about a month or two ago, and, you know, she's, she's at the top of her game. I mean, she's a, a, on the... National Academy of American Poets. She's a chancellor. And yet she just loves, you know, she's there to encourage people to express themselves and to share who they are through through the art form. And, to, you know, and if along the way we learn a little more about the art form, oh, rhythm, well, I can do this with rhythm, or I can do this with sound, or, or I'm playing with the page, or, you know, and, and the more models we get, I mean, you know, the more poets I read, like wow, I want to I want to try something like that, you know. And it all goes back to fifty years ago. E. Cummings, you know, it's like wow, I want to try something like that. So, um, so I think I've just been lucky. I mean, yeah, you can you can call it work. And there were times when it was more work than other times, but most of the time it was just a pleasure to be at the reading and see people, you know, see the lights going. So you have been a, a poetry show host. Oh, I know you had your own shows, but you've have you been one of the Monday morning, Monday night um, poetry hosts before? I think I, I think I had a regular Monday gig for like maybe six or seven years. Okay. And then even after I, I dropped it, uh, I would fill in and then I did random Fridays. Okay. I've probably done 150 hosting nights. You know, in the 20, I mean, 25 years, you know, lots of them. Uh, and again, you know, it's fun. I mean, it's kind of weird now with Zoom that, you know, you don't have to go down and open up the place and sweep <laughs> it out. And 
But I mean, you, you, I was just looking at the receipts. Like, I thought it was great. Wow, Sharon is like, you know, he gets food for people and he yeah. sets it up and there's snacks and things. And it's, it's easier to do it on Zoom, but it's not as fun. <laughs> not quite as fun, but you're right about that. <laughs> I thought y'all were missing those receipts. Like, wow, we haven't seen many receipts coming through. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nobody, nobody's buying chips. <laughs> but you were, you're also an English professor. So, you, when did you become an English professor? When you moved here to '89, or was it earlier or later? Well, that's that's a whole that's a whole other story. So I I was in business. I worked for a family company for about almost thirty years, and that's actually why I moved to Sacramento. Is our, our warehouse was in Sacramento, and um, we needed to um, we needed to cut expenses in the Bay Area. We moved here, mm-hmm. moved the family here in '89. And so I did that until 2003, and then we sold the company to a, actually in 1999, we sold the company to this conglomerate, you know, oh yeah, well, it'll be great, you'll love working for us, and I hated working for the corporate, you know, it was like I was working for my dad, and it was, you know, while there were tensions and issues, because business is never perfect, but, right. um, you know, it was it was a family business, so we had, you know, it was kind of informal and then when i worked for the corporation they were just they were nitpickers and a bunch of guys in texas that i didn't really get along with and so i left i quit i just said i can't do this anymore it's like what am i going to do i thought i was going to like find another job in the management world and a couple things actually my wife encouraged me well you know you've always wanted to go back to college uh, and get a master's. And my grandmother, who at the time was like 96 or something, and I was just chatting. I went and visited her in San Francisco. I said, oh, Grandma, you know, I'm thinking of going back to school and get my degree. And she just looked at me. She just said, don't wait. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you're a 96-year-old woman who weighs like 80 pounds and she's you know, thin and thin as a rail. She just looked at me with her eyes and she said, don't wait. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll do it. So, so I applied to Sac State I had trouble getting in. I had to get like, uh, I, they made me take a couple of extra classes because I was telling you about my great academic career, right? <laughs> um, and so this was 2003. And I went back and I, we were reading novels and writing poetry. I took classes with Joshua McKinney and Doug Rice and Stephanie Tucker, some drama classes. I was just, I was in heaven. I was like, "Oh my God!" I, now I know. Now I'm a grown up. I know how to study. <laughs> nice. And so I so I got my master's degree in 2005, and then it, I, then I started teaching at City College and at Solano College, uh, and at American River for a while. I just like took on freshman English teaching that. So so that was 2000, I guess 2006. So I've been a college professor or lecturer or adjunct professor for almost 15 years now and that's really become you know it became full-time and eventually i got on teaching at sac state and i like like being able to do all the classes when you teach um if you're a lecturer there's a lot of advantages to teach at the, at the state college so it's really close to home so i've been teaching there for 13 years or so and i teach um Freshman English, right? How to write a college essay. Try to get them to have fun. And, you know, we, we, uh, we write three essays each semester and do a lot of revising. And 
then some, every once in a while I teach um, a creative writing class there, um, poetry or, uh, or short story writing. I'm, I'm, I'm a little farther down the, the pecking order at the college, but that's fine. I, and then I manage, I help uh, Ann Michaels. I don't know if you know Professor Michaels, but she and I manage the writing center together. So sometimes I, get, I work with the tutors in the writing center. And that's so. Sac State has really been my uh, my second home for the last fifteen years, and I've I've been very fortunate to to be able to teach there. I love uh, I love the environment. Okay. And I also saw that you also, you also teach at Sac City. Uh, also, I, you know, I stopped just because I was full time at one college. Okay. Um, but I love the students. I I really did like teaching at Sac City, and I have a number of friends over there who are professors but i just decided to just throw all my eggs in one basket one one parking sticker one <laughs> one computer system to use it was a lot easier for me. okay <laughs> so let's just dive into being you being a poet so you you've written two chat books um blue string and also uh walt, walt whitman's um, order cheeseburger and then you also wrote a collection book uh, miracle shine is there any other books that you've written or well, okay. I've, I've got some of them here. I'll show you some stuff. Okay. I don't know if I have them all. So this is my first chapbook, Walt yes. Whitman, Order to Cheeseburger. That was yeah. 2009. Then thanks to the great Jeffrey Neal and what used to be known as Little Empress, this is a little chapbook called 11 Blue Strings. Okay. <laughs> so that's a, that's a cool one. And then I took some of the poems and I expanded that. And so this is Miracle Shine here. Yeah. These nice. are still available. But, but the other thing I did is I, I edited a couple of anthologies. I did this in 2008. Okay. This is an anthology of all of the city and county poet laureates in the state of California. Oh, wow. At the time. So that was really fun. I got to know a lot of the other people, um, Connie Post, um, Sam Pierstorff and Modesto. Uh, just, you know, really great uh, Joel Fallon and Venetia. So this is this is a really good book. There's a few of these at the Poetry Center. Yeah. Poetry Center, this was SBC Press. And then when I was Poet Laureate, we, we did this book, which is an anthology of Sacramento poets. And we, and we had an open, um, open application. We just said, send us your poems. And we got like 500 poems, and we picked about 100. Nice. And I don't know if you don't have this, I should send you one of yeah. them. <laughs> Linda Collins is in here, uh, Tim Call, Allegra Silberstein, uh, you know, a lot of B.S. Uh, Chochezzi, Marie Reynolds, I mean, you nice. flip Philip Larea, Sue Stats, Josh McKinney, Emily Wright. You know, these are, this is at the time, and of course, this is now eight years old. At the time, this wow. was uh, kind of, you know, here's where we are. Now, I know. Uh, Dave Bowles from Cold River Press started doing every year. Yeah. I think he started maybe a couple years after this, and then in 2014, 15, 16, 17. Um, and those are great collections, too. This one is just pretty much one poem per person. It doesn't quite have the, the feature, but we got more. We have 117 poets. Mm -hmm. so I got to be the editor, and I worked with an editorial team. So it was kind of, I never did truly review. That was one of the things. Uh, I, I edited poetry now for the Poetry Center for right. a lot of years, but I never, I never edited truly review. And then the other thing I've done, uh, just kind of 
as as a poet is I published poems by uh, other friends, people I've known for a long time that I feel are worthy poets, and uh, and so this this is uh, Random Lane Press. I so you've that seen one. that. So, um, so I, I published a handful of books for friends. I've got another one coming out. A friend of mine in Benicia, who's she's never published a book. I mean, she's she's you know she's been a good poet her whole life, and so anyway, we're working on uh, on that one. So. So, so that, that brings up a good question. So you've been on the other side as a poet to be a, with a publisher. Now you're the publisher doing poets. How does that, how does that, how does that feel? How does that matrix feel? First of all, for being a poet to a publisher. So you were also working with Jeffrey Neal when he published your book and then also Rattlesnake Press. How did that feel, first of all? Did you like give a manuscript to them and then let them go off on it or what? Well, I remember, uh, when I, I was really nervous and I asked Kathy Keith if she'd publish a, a chapbook for me. And she said, yes. I was just like, oh my God, I felt like I just like, like I got my first date on a phone call. <laughs> really. Nice. And, um, I don't remember that she edited very much. She might've found a couple of typos or questioned a poem or two, but I think she just kind of took it and said, you know, do you like, you know, what do you want to do for the cover? So that was, that was fairly easy. Um, and then the same thing, Jeffrey actually asked me, and I was just floored. It's like, yeah, you want to publish my book? Okay. <laughs> um, but with Miracle Shine, I went. I had to go to a publisher, and I sent it to. Um, I forget the name of that. They they do. Uh, Tim did a book with them also. It's C W Books, which is yeah. part of. Um, they also do. Um, well, they, they have a number of imprints, but with them, I worked on it and I, I went to uh, Kathleen Lynch and Julia Connor uh, and, and they helped me edit and, you know, they said, you know, take another look at this poem. This one doesn't really work. You know, you can do better than this. So I probably, I mean, right now I'm working on, you know, what I want my next book to be. Okay. And I've been working on that for probably six or seven years, I just keep messing with it and I go back in, I go, okay, this, this poem's not that good. I mean, it's funny how you go back after a year, you think, oh, this was really great when I wrote it. And then you look at it, you know, the next morning or a month later and it's not, it's not quite right, you know? So I'm always tinkering. Mm -hmm. I'm always revising. But as far as being on the publisher side, it's a little bit of both. Sometimes I get a book and I just go, you know, you, I respect the poet to the point where I just go, you know, let's run it. Let's get, just spell check, line it up, you know, get it to the, get it to the printer. Other times I'm like, whoa, right. You know, I, we can do better here. So sometimes I'm a little more hands-on. Um, yeah, I remember you talking to that, that um, gentleman, I think it was named Mike. Uh, he was in, he was in, um, he was confined in prison that you basically made his book and, you know, you, you went in there, got all the stuff you needed, and then basically made the book for him and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, so this guy is not, it must be someone that you knew closely to say, hey, I'll, I'll make a book for you and stuff. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Well, that was, that was funny. I met him through, uh, through a couple of events at, at the Poetry Center, actually. He was, in, he was in Late Peaches because he submitted, and then about two or three years later, I heard, uh, Susan Kelly DeWitt and Joanne Anglin were doing a reading of incarcerated uh, poets. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I heard the name Mike Owens, and I thought, oh, I, re- I, re- I remember his poems because I read all of his poems, and I liked his work. So I just I got this idea. I thought, I, maybe I can do a book for him. And I so Susan had his address, and I wrote him a letter, and he wrote back. And his letter coming back was like the most thoughtful, articulate, long. You know, it was kind of like. You know, where have you been all my life? And thank you so much. And how can I, you know, what, what do you, what do you need from me? Right. And we spent like two years going back and forth. I would, you know, send me, send me all your poems. I mean, he would, he would, he didn't have a typewriter or a computer right. or anything. He'd write handwritten poems, right. send them to me. I'd type them up. I'd send them back. Uh, and then I got the idea of including some of his letters and his, his written, his prose pieces. So we included that, uh, because uh, he just had so much to say, and the, and the the letters were so heartfelt, and kind of realizing, you know, it it provided, it made the poems better. The poems made the prose better. The prose made the poems better. So that's one book that has has a little bit of a um, little bit of prose in it as well. And so I and then I've been up to visit Mike, and uh, I can't go up there now because they're closed because yeah. of the pandemic. But um, I sent him a letter. He sent me some some new poems and a little he's writing a short story he's been taking uh psychology classes i'm also trying to help him there's a there's a really great community of people that are are, you know trying to get justice for worthy citizens right they're in the prisons and so i work with jim carlson and susan kelly dewitt's involved in that we're trying to get his sentence commuted Uh, i've written letters to the governor and you know so far uh, no luck for Mike, but uh, we're going to keep trying. And he's just so positive. He's just like, you know, I'm. I know. I, I know. I belong here, but I'm. You know, I, I feel like I'm ready. Get out. He's he's doing the doing the work it takes, and uh, so that was uh, that was for me uh, very enlightening. I had no idea, you know, kind of getting to know Mike firsthand and you know, hear about his childhood and how he ended up where he ended up like a revelation for me and i feel fortunate to know him and to be able to publish his book was a was a treat and we, and we sold we, that's that's our best seller right uh, sold, i think we sold about 500 copies of mike owens wow. book. yeah so that that was you know everything else is like okay we have a reading we sold 24 copies uh see you later Okay. <laughs> Poetry not being the you know the big bestseller, at least not this week. Hmm. So, what what started Random Lane Presses? I mean, what what was that? What what gave it the, the thought? What was the thing that you know? I it? I think it was I think the group together, and I just kind of thought, oh, Connie's so cool, and you know she's. She's done so much for the poetry community, and she's always uh, working on her stuff. And I said, "Hey, you want to do a book?" I just and I I had seen you know because I had had a little bit of practice with the um, the anthologies. I kind of know okay, you know, you need to spend a little money on this, and then you find a printer. I mean, I don't actually do the printing. There's a the printer in Sacramento. There's a, a designer who who lays out the book in a six by nine format, and then you have to add in you know all the copyright stuff and i get an isbn number and i do the so i kind of do the technical stuff but i just thought 
I, I don't think I re, I don't think it ever occurred to me that I would do more than one. I just thought I was doing a book for Connie because we're good friends, and uh, you know, I I read so many of her poems. I thought, well, you should put these in a collection, and so and it can be so be so hard, you know, when we're uh, trying to get a book. You know, it's nice to have somebody to kind of work work with in the process of doing it. So um, I just thought it was going to be one book, and then we did Connie's, and then I did, uh, I think Stan Zumbiel might have been second. He's got, he deserves multiple books. He's got so many good poems. Um, and then uh, some other poets came along. I, you know, I did Lawrence's book. I, my, I think Mike's was probably fourth or fifth in the, in the series. So it just kind of became something to do. And there are times when I probably I'll, I'll, I don't know. I always tell myself, you know, this is, this will be the last book. I'm getting tired. It's a lot of work. And as long as I don't lose money, I've never made any money on a book, mm. but I, I don't think I've lost too much. Uh, with Mike's book, the, we funneled the profits back to Mike, uh, Mike's wife and, we got, you know, I sent him stamps and I sent him, you know, gave him some credits at the, they have kind of a, like a way he can buy things, kind of indirect way. Commissary, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, I haven't made any money in 11 books, but I haven't lost too much. So, you know, it's, it's really, you know, I have to be honest. I mean, Jeffrey Neal would probably tell you the same thing, that he just does it because he, He's doing it for his friends. He's doing it because he loves poetry. So more of a la labor of love, basically. Labor of love, amen. Oh, okay. So, so, but what's where the name Rick Random Lanes come from? Well, that's the street we live on. Is Random Lane? Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. No, no I can't. <laughs> you can find us on Google. It's 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 not it's not invisible. It's an actual street, and it kind of it wanders. It goes south and then it goes west and then it turns and it's just a very windy street so i remember when we, and we've been in, we've been on random lane for 31 years now so okay. and when we and when we walk we just say we're going for a random walk <laughs> that makes sense now <laughs> so being that you also you know very very well-known poet in the whole community i mean i know when i first got here in um, 2016, they, um, 15, they actually told me about you first before I heard about, you know, um, Mahogany and all the rest of them. They actually told me, he said, yeah, she's Bob Stanley and stuff. I was like, oh, never knew. So when I saw you over at Sacramento Poetry Center, I was like, oh, okay, I now know you. It was one of those putting two, two together. It's like, hey, you should know Bob. He's very, he's very involved in the community. And that's one thing that was uh, exciting me because you've been... I hate to say it, but you are like a linchpin of a lot of groups. And it's funny how it's, you're not only, I mean, not only you're the nucleus in Sacramento Poetry Center, but you, you know, people in Mahogany respect you. People over at, um, uh, over at, um, uh, um, Joe, um, Joe Lopez, um, Joe Matoya's. Yeah, Luna. Yeah, Luna's respects you. Oh, even at Shine. That you're very known and very respectable, which is, I always thought that was very interesting because, a lot of people don't, a lot of people still have a segregation, but you're one of those people that they, they all know and respect very well. I always thought that was interesting. Well, you know, I, I feel like, you know, all, all the poets that are 
you know, writing and speaking and sharing, they all deserve to have a voice. And even even before I was poet laureate, but when, especially when I was poet laureate, my wife will still say, he was out like every night. It was like Monday at SDC and Wednesday. You know, I, I love to go to Mahogany. It was a little on the late side for me, yeah. but man, I just, you know, to hear some really fine poets and there was music and there was comedy and it was, you know, great atmosphere. And then to go to Luna's and kind of get that, you know, that deep vibe and, you know, younger kids and, you know, be able to sit and sip a beer and, you know, feel like I could be in the, you know, San Francisco in 1955. Nice. Um, and, you know, and, and, and I was always kind of like, Hey, you know, why don't you do, I remember I took my Sac City class. I, I had a Sac City, uh, creative writing class one summer. It was like, I'm going to say maybe 2007 or eight. I had it. And, uh, and I decided, you know, and they love poetry and I, I took them to Luna's and we got a reading. Um, might have been Mario Ellis Hill, but somebody was hosting. Might have even been BL. And I got, to, I, um, and so I had the whole class and they got up and they read at Luna's. They had a great time. And you know, it was just like, it's all good. You know, the more the merrier. Um, you know, and, and yeah, I have my favorites. You know, I like uh, some poets better than others and some styles better than others. But, you know, I, I respect, uh, you know, other. You know, other people who have, they have favorites. I mean, it's like we don't all love the same music or the yeah. same musician or the same painter. You know, it's it's art. So um, the more we get exposed to, the, the more we can make our own choices. And find, you know, what fits us uh, philosophically or stylistically or, or you, know, you know, who do we want to hang out with? And so I, I kind of wandered around and... Uh, you know, tried to get to as many as many spots as I could. Did, were you one of the first to start the, the whole give the class the list of places to go for like a you know like to research uh, poetry areas in in the Sacramento area? I mean, but I know like Sac City or even some of the um, even state they have their own after they do their poetry lectures and stuff. They give them a paper and then. The, te- the class, the students will go to a place like Luna or something and sit there with a paper and like grade what they, what they heard, what they read. Was you one of the first ones to do that? Or? I would so, guess, I would guess if there still are pieces of paper or, or I, I would guess those came from me because okay. when I was that city, I made one and I, you know, I'd say, you know, nine o'clock Wednesday, seven thirty Monday, eight o'clock Thursday. I, I remember Shine was having Tuesdays or yeah. something, well, and uh, yeah. were, you know, and then I did a bunch of stuff with Terry Moore in Oak Park. We did oh, uh, at that uh, great theater over there. That, that was uh, that that was oh, I was yeah. like, man, I always felt like I had kind of joined the big league there. I got I got to really be on my game here because <laughs> those those I mean they weren't you know Terry wasn't reading. He was just he was just going for it. He was just fitting the poem and. Right. So I, I would read, but I would try and do it with as much energy. I think that that helped me help me learn. But um, okay. yeah, that and that was um, yeah. We had and we did we did a big SPC thing. I think we called it Word, and it was uh, I think it was six poets and there was some music and we had maybe 150 people at the Guild at the at the Guild Theater, which was such a beautiful spot. And 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I we did stuff uh, with the Sacramento Fine Arts Center. I love the jazz and poetry stuff. I've done probably five or six of those where you get a band and but um, and you compose poems to the band, or you have band compose songs to the poems. Lawrence does poet versus band. Yeah, I've been in a couple of those, and that's that's for me that's a blast because it's you get the feedback of the music, you can play with the words, and um, so yeah, music and poetry. Um, you know, you can go back, and there's just so many great videos of looking at people doing music and poetry together. So you know, I just for me, it's play. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really making a living being a poet, but maybe related to being a poet. I, I teach for a living. Right. And, um, and I guess I got to be a teacher because I was a poet and I loved words and I wanted to, you know, help people express themselves. And so I kind of morphed that to, well, express yourself in an academic way, but also know that there's this poetic way. And uh, for me, I've been lucky to be able to kind of merge those two worlds. Um, but yeah, I always, that was one of the first things when I came into the Poetry Center, I was like, well, uh, how come we don't, how come we don't have a slam here? How come we don't have, uh, you know, people were winning spoken word championships in the, in the nineties, yeah. uh, Sacramento teams. And I, we had a conference one year, probably around 2000. And I got Terry, Terry Moore brought in the slam team. And they kind of marched into SPC at lunch. Everybody's sitting there eating lunch. And they kind of like marched in in the middle, right? It was kind of like one of those poetic entries where they're coming in and they're all doing parts. And it was just like, and everybody's like, hey, what's this? What's going on? And then they did their, you know, their, their show. It was like a 10-minute show. And I just remember thinking, this is so cool, right? <laughs> we needed this infusion of, of you know, some energy here. I mean, not yeah. that it wasn't. Not that a, a good conference isn't good, but 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 every conference is different. I mean, I thought. Oh, okay. This was this that's one of the poetry conferences. This was okay. one of SPC's yeah. Yeah, April, the April Poetry Conference. Nice. I think Tim's done a great job. I mean, you know, bringing in all kinds of interesting poets, and then Kate, uh, uh, you know, fantastic list. Right. We need to figure out what we're going to do for next year because the pandemic still looms. You know, I've got. Yeah. One of my daughters was told, uh, probably you're not coming back to the office until June, maybe June 2021. That's a lot of months. That's, That's like 11 months. months from now. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what, what SPC is going to do. But, um, but I think, uh, you know, diversity is at the heart of what makes art uh, human. I mean, you know, we just got to be, we've got to learn from each other. If we can't learn from each other, what's art for? Oh, and you, I mean, you diverse so well because you actually are an awesome musician. And you play, you, you play the guitar and the banjo or just the banjo itself? Uh, guitar, banjo, yeah. harmonica. Oh, okay. So you just all bluesed up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah I, blues, most of the harmonica is pretty, pretty in the blues vein. But I have, I'm in a couple of, couple of bands and I, yeah, music, uh, yeah, I probably spend as much time on music as I do on poetry. I love love music and i like mixing them i've always wanted to i've always had kind of these ideas of um memorizing poems is hard for me but i also would be you know being able to play not sing a song but um kind of like rap is i mean you know hip-hop 
you know, the, the, the lyrics of rap are so, uh, you know, the intensity of the rhythms and the speed and the pace that's going on, it's, it's, it's a more intense mindset. I've got, I've got some, you know, tunes that I'm working on, but, uh, but I do write, write a lot of original stuff and, uh, haven't really been together with musicians. That's harder to do, uh, with the pandemic right now. So. True. But you do have a, you do have, hey, Joyce, <laughs> see the back. She <laughs> <You> walked by. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, I was gonna say, uh, but you do have a uh, album, a CD out with your with your son that you put out. I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that must have been pretty lightning, you know. Have have a little uh, music time with your boy and stuff. And well, it was really fun. He he was really the force behind it. He was the one who made me like we'd do a take, you know. Okay, sing this part, and he'd go, "No, Dad, you gotta do that again, <laughs> over and over." I mean, you you know, because you do recording yeah. stuff. But we did. There were some parts where we did like twenty takes. Wow! Because he he wanted to he wanted to be good. He didn't want it to be just me moving right. around. Do you have that CD? I do not have a CD. Yet. I do need to get one though. <laughs> I do need to get this. I will make I will make sure that, that you that you get one of those. Well, definitely, I, but I will pay for it, sir. Don't not give it to me for free. I want to, I wanted to recommend it. I want to be able to compensate you. <laughs> I, do, I don't know if CDs are still a thing anymore. They're still a thing. I mean, even though even though they have streaming and stuff, they're still a thing out there. <laughs> but I'm coming on to the point of stuff. I mean, you've been so you've been president from 2006 to 2018. Um, like so 2018. So you've done 12 years with um as being a president of SPC. So in those 12 years, what have you? What have you learned, and then also, what have you? What do you? What do you enjoy now having a successor, and what he's about? What do you? What do you feel about that? Well, uh, what have I learned? Um, I've learned that there's there's a lot of people. I mean, it was always it was always interesting that um, people would come for the first time and they'd go, "Wow, this is great! I never knew this was here." <laughs> You know, and you probably hear that as a host, right? You hear it like every maybe once a month or once every couple of months. And so, so the good side of that is it's wonderful to know that, you know, this person, you know, person number 195, they found us and they found our way here. Right. The downside is I'm thinking, but number 196, 197, 198, 199, they don't know we're here. Yeah, and there are people, you know, it's always like, oh, you know, yo, you're a poet. Oh, that's fine. You know, I, I, I've gotten that my whole life. Yeah. Oh, poetry. Okay, good. That's really good. Okay. Tell me about that. But, but, but there are still, you know, let's say 1% of the populace loves poetry. Well, that means Sacramento, that means 150,000 people, right, in the county. So the Poetry Center has 200 members. So, I'm, so let's say maybe there's 10,000 people. And yeah, there's, there's good groups in Placerville. That's the other thing, you know, connecting with Placerville and Grass Valley and Davis and the Desto and you know um, you know trying to trying to connect and, and that's harder because they're farther away right. but I always felt like um, the poetry center I, I always felt like I was always trying to get the word out to those the number 196 and one number 197 all those other people who would really like coming or would would you know they want to be in a writing group or they want to be in a critique group or they want to come to a reading but they don't know we're there. 
mm-hmm. because we're you know we don't we don't really promote ourselves. So so I guess I learned that there there's always you know any town. I mean I remember I was at one point I was commuting or I, I had to go to Dallas for work for a year on and off. I'd go for like a week and then I'd come back and I'd go for three days. And there was a Dallas Poetry Society and they'd meet on Tuesday night and they had readings and they had open mic. You know, you go any city of 50,000 or 100,000, there's going to be poets there and they're going to be doing poetry. And and they all have kind of different twists on how it's done. So that was really fun to be, you know, to be president of SPC. I got to meet, you know, Gillian Wegener and Ed Bearden in Modesto. And I got to meet Andy Jones and Allegra Silverstein. Davis, Lara Gillard in, in Placerville, and you know, kind of realizing, wow, they're all, you know, we're all, we're all in this together. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was satisfying, you know, to know and and you know to see, you know, poets coming in, and sometimes you know Tim would bring in some luminary from the East Coast, and they'd go, wow, this is pretty cool, and they'd look at our weird ceilings and our paintings on the wall, and they go. This is not bad, you know. This is a good spot. Um, so that was that was satisfying. Um, fundraisers. I mean, we've we've definitely done uh, quite well as far as um, financial stability uh, as an arts organization. We don't really have much to spend. We don't have anything. We don't spend anything. So that's. Right. But we have a lot of supporters, uh, and having uh, Stuart come in and. You know, having a, an active board, uh, as I depart the board, I'm, you know, that's, uh, that's encouraging to me that, uh, you know, they, that there's people who want to do the work and they want to carry it on. You, you've been doing a ton, right? You're, Thank you, sir. You know, you're hosting and you're uh, helping in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, I just hope that you know, that they can keep that camaraderie. It's harder to do in the Zoom era. We don't get together and, you know, have a beer and sit around and talk and kind of figure things out. It's more, okay, board meeting, one hour, boom, click, you know, and and we don't get a chance to kind of talk stuff out. Right. But um, but I do feel like the, the Zoom events have been strong. I mean, I pop into readings now and then. Sometimes there's you know, like the thing I do on Wednesday, we'll have 11 people and a good night. But then I've been to, you know, the Black Lives Matter reading. We had 60 or yep. 70 people. And that was like, wow, that's, you know, this is great. And um, there's always room. There's always room for more. Figuring out how to promote better and get the word out uh, is good. And, and keeping, you know, keeping something, you know, not having a space, we kind of lose that ability to have a unique space everybody's zoom room looks the same <laughs> yeah. so i could be in new york or i could be in la or i could be uh in reading or i could be in sacramento but um so i i long for the day when we can walk back in and you know with paintings on the walls and uh you know kind of share our space and share space but that's that's humanity's going through that i mean what a crazy situation yeah. So, so being that, so being that you were a poet laureate, and you also were in the poet laureate park over in um, the, uh, Northern Natomas, you got your you got your poem put in there and stuff. Um, and then, you know, I know I think you were the last. I think you were one of the last ones to get your name your 
poem in there is before Indigo and so it's got no yeah. in this Um I think Jeff Nor might have a yeah. poem there. Okay. But uh, I think that they finished building it and Jeff uh, Jeff's poem is there. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a real honor, and uh, I, mine is the shortest poem. <laughs> I kind of figured if they're going to make if they're going to cut it out of well, originally they were talking about stone or granite or something, and then and then the mm-hmm. artist ended up doing it out of the metal, cut, yeah. cutting it out of the metal. I just figured uh, I wrote a poem specifically for uh, for the sculpture. I thought this is a poem. It's, I think it's called "Poem in a Park." Yeah. The mine is short, and uh, yeah, I was. Uh, that was a real honor, and uh, that's a, that's a nice place. I love going up there, and I got to take my parents up there, and my sister. Oh, really? You know, when nice. friends are in town, we go to Poet Laureate Park, and that's my poem. <laughs> so, so do, do the Poet Laureates actually like have like a little a get together yearly thing where they you know they all meet the new Poet Laureate of sorts of, of the states or whatever? Because I know there's not. There's not a state poet laureate now for two years, but I know before there was. Did they all like get together and like I'm not saying have a beer, but you know have a conference or something? Say, hey, what's going on with you? Or well, I know I I can think of two. So there was one that I was involved in organizing. It was actually before I was uh, Sacramento laureate, but I was as part of an SPC project. The California Arts Council. I think they me or they had heard we were doing stuff and so they they had us organize a a, a convention of state poet laureates that was in 2007 so that was in sacramento oh, nice. and then that was because of that meeting and i think it was julia connor said we ought to do an anthology i followed up and that's when we did the sometimes in the open anthology so that was 2007 and then when dana joya was laureate i think it was 20, uh, 2018, he convened, he had a meeting, I think it was in Santa Barbara. I was going to go and I couldn't go, but I, my friend County Post went to that. And uh, I think they had 20 or 30 lawyers. So they had like a poetry convention and, you know, figure out how can we work together? How can we help each other and, and celebrating poetry? So they did that. So I guess 2017 and 2007. So as far as I know, a big meeting of laureates has only happened twice in this state um and it is uh, it is unfortunate that we don't have a a state poet laureate now but i i guess the governor's got other stuff to, to worry <laughs> true but being that you guys you 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 kind of you've kind of run most of what poets dream about you know you've been not only been you've been you've worked with on groups You've also been a president of a of a poet a poet um, society or organization. You've been a poet laureate. You you got your own CDs. You got books out. I mean, you kind of actually run the run the game and run a real good gambit. Have you noticed that? Is that you know the little pat in the back or something? <laughs> well, I, I thank you for for framing in that way. I mean, I, I I do feel you know really lucky you know to have a book, to have a CD, to to have made a lot of friends and to, you know, to be able to send an email to some poet that like, you know, that I look up to and they go, Oh, hi, Bob. Yeah. You know, we can do that. You know, it's like, Oh my God, you bet. I'm still, I still feel like a kid, you know, like you think they'll like this poem or, 
you know, you always have to, you always have to be, uh, you know, kind of have that sense of wonder. But I do feel you know, incredibly lucky that I've been able to, you know, take what I like to play at, uh, use, you know, use it to express myself and to, to share ideas with people. I mean, I've had some poems, my uh, my intersection poem about the, the homeless person. Uh, you know, that's been published in the in the Sacramento Bee. I mean, um, so yeah, you know, short of, I mean, national acclaim or or financial reward from poetry, which, you know, that's, I don't think that's what I was after. That would be cool. You know, wow. You know, if somebody said, hey, Mr., you know, Professor Stanley, we want to, you know, like Random House wants to publish my book instead of Random Lane. That would, okay, yeah, sure. New Yorker, yeah, you know, I mean, I do send, you know, I don't send a lot of stuff out, though. I know, you know, a lot of poets are are far more uh, published. Uh, Edith Schwartz and, and Davis, he's published hundreds of poems. Susan Kelly DeWitt and Tim Call and Joshua McKinney, they have, you know, publishers like, like you know, a couple orders of magnitude more uh, higher up the ladder. So, uh, but I do feel very fortunate and I have had a good life, you know, working in and, and playing with poetry. Cali Colors. They call it gold, but it's somewhere between yellow and brown, these grainy hills. California's sun grazing again. It's 99 in the shade on Route 99, Chico to Livingston and the slats on the trucks are groaning watermelon. I say this all because of the color, but today was the first watermelon day and the smoke in the sky readies us for fall when the gold that isn't gold turns to a red that isn't sky. Golden state, golden rain we wait for, all of it like gold. Like is what we used to call is because isn't isn't what it used to be like something we memory, yours, mine, our signature piece. My brain serves the table. Here, sir, is your father's mother's mother in wheelchair in 1958. Her hair is as gray as it was then, her eyes as piercing. Gray or not gray, all this changing like, changing what little matters, gold into God, then odd, thinking about Chico and a poem about the creek and wham, synapse. Glad grains still golden and the state of a color like that can spin straight out of a Frank O'Hara color wheel, turning, wheeling, sun grazing a little smile inside, dark, light, Dark, light. Nice. I like that. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That, I wrote that. Uh, I, I actually, I, I never had a chance to revise it, so I got into a couple places where like, oh, wait, what, what am I saying here? <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> Most definitely. About you like that. Oh, that's cool. I like that one. <laughs> like the, the ending part. Dark, light, light, light. Yeah. Sounds like the switching of a light bulb. I like that. 
Yeah, I was. I don't know. It started out being about California. It ended up being about memory and how memory works or doesn't work. And mm. my poems wander a lot, so that's okay. <laughs> okay, I write them. So thank, thanks for asking. Okay, Bob. So, what are you going to do next? Now, um, I don't know. I'm. I'm <laughs> That's a good question. I'm going to teach some online classes. Um, I like doing that. Uh, I'm going to still teach it at Sac State. I still got a couple classes, um, so that keeps me busy. Um, I don't know. I thought I was going to travel, but the, oh, you know, I mean, yeah. As far as, um, well, I think I'll always probably just do kind of do the same stuff even though i'm not on the spc board i'll i'll still uh you know hopefully you know go to readings i'll i'll organize readings i mean i i i asked uh, i've got a friend who i'm hoping she can get a reading so i think i've got set, something set up for october so as far as poetry goes i'll write i'll i'll teach a little bit I'll be in writing groups. I love being in a writing group, you know, even either way, as a student or as a teacher, I feel like I enjoy both and I learn from both. So like on the Wednesday night, the Marie Writers group, you know, I, I like being the host and giving the writing prompt. But if Frank gives the writing prompt or Leonard gives the writing prompt or or Diane Bunston, you know, like oh this is a cool prompt and it gets me to write and it gives me ideas so i just like the process of of writing and sharing and working with other people and it's it's kind of it's just kind of in me i can't make it go away so as far as writing goes i think i'll probably just keep doing a lot of the same i just won't be you know the treasurer and the the secretary and keeping minutes and filing reports and going to the city and asking for money. And, you know, a lot of those things that, you know, I, I, it was okay to do for a long time. I just got really tired of you know, having to negotiate. You know, there were always like a list of 10 things to do for SPC. And then I got it down to four or five. I'm still doing two, but, um, you know, I really, and, and, and music, if the pan when the pandemic ends, I want to play music, you know, and be in groups and, and compose. And, and I think my favorite part of that is also composing, you know, music with different parts and getting people to sing harmonies. And, you know, I, I often wish, uh, I wish I really learned music when I was young. I think my great um, regret is that I didn't really learn to read music and, and you know, be able to understand. I mean, even... You know, to be good at like classical music would have helped me with jazz because I would have had the chops. Right. I would have been able to play the scales and hear different things. So I'm still, you know, I'm still taking uh, taking classes, uh, poetry classes, music classes. Um, but I don't think I don't think things will change. It's not like uh, you know, I'm not going to go on tour and uh, you know, fly to Seattle and that I'm like you know, a national celebrity but I might you know it'd be fun to go to a writing retreat I haven't done I did that 18, in a couple of years I've done two writing retreats maybe three writing retreats in 50 years so they're kind of 
you know, and I always looked at those. Those were always really meaningful experiences. I did the Squaw Valley workshop yeah. in 1985, 85 or 86. I did a New York workshop in 2002, which was amazing. Worked with writers, you know, uh, some wonderful uh, teachers there. I was two weeks, and then I did the Tamales Bay workshop over in, uh, over on the coast in about 2008 or 9. And so just, you know, and those those were really inspiring because you just, you just get steeped in, you know, everybody's just talking about poetry and poets they like and stuff they've done, and you meet all these other people from all over the country, and they're, you know, and really great, you know, great speakers and great group leaders. So I... I it's funny, you know, even as a teacher, I feel like, God, I've got so much to learn. And I love, so I love taking classes. I, I didn't like school as a kid. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that is an interesting point because it seems like you've actually, from what you said before to now, it seems that you've, as age grow, you kind of appreciate it more. So it seems, that seems interesting. Like you said, music, you didn't learn as much as you wish you, your one regrets is learning music. The scales and everything. If you did before, you probably learned, you know, more about jazz and how things were in your chops together. But now you still have time, and also even working as a professor, I, I see that. I never thought about that. You're right. It, you kind of appreciate it a little bit more as you get older. Yeah, that, yeah. Time time grows shorter, and uh, and and the more you understand, the more you realize. I mean, like with music, like you know, you learn something, and then you hear. You, know, you hear Charlie Parker play a solo, or you hear somebody write a new song. You know, God, I wish I could do that. You know, you realize that there's always somebody farther along, and, and it's easy to get jealous and go, "Hell with that!" But really, for me, it's just like, you know, it's inspiring, and I, I try and I try and always keep. There's a, I think, a zen, kind of a Zen phrase. You always have beginner's mind, you know, and I think that. You know, because you were, you know, you were asking me, you know, wow, you know, you've done it all. You've made it. You know, it's like that must feel really great. And it does. I mean, no complaints. I'm, I'm thrilled. But I always remind myself that, you know, there's people out there who are just so much more. They have so much to share and I can learn so much from them. If I just, you know, stay, you know, realizing that kind of, I had one teacher who, who said, we're all in this together. That we, you know, as artists, we're all learning from each other, and that's what makes it great. And, you know, and it, it's ten, you know, there's always this tendency to have you know, these rivalries. Oh well, you know, my poetry's better than yours, or you know, that's not so good. But really, when you, when you get in a circle, where you respect each other, and you learn from each other, and, and everybody's trying to help everybody else. Um, you know, for me, that's that's what what an art organization, what art art people should try and do is just kind of you know, celebrate our successes with each other and learn from each other. I'm, I, it's, it's Sunday, so I'm preaching. <laughs> I understand. Amen, sir. <laughs> so being, so even with that in mind and stuff, I would like to ask one thing. The main question I would love to ask is, are you, are you fearful? Are you, um, well, let me, let me rephrase this. Do you see Sacramento future in the arts community starting to develop or do you see it starting to diminish 
because of so many. So now, because of all the now the gentrification coming in and the changes over and stuff. And but used to be old um, arts um, art um, factories or even art plate galleries are starting to close down and stuff. What do you what do you see it at? That's an that's a good interesting question. Um, you know, I do worry about you know seeing Midtown, you know, becoming high rises. Um, that said, um, I also know that there's you know there's always other areas that are going to pick up and they're going to have you know pick up the energy of the art places. Um, I think anytime you you know you go back and you, if you look at the past as the golden age, you know, I mean, I remember the scene in like I, I don't go back that far in Sacramento, but like 1995, and um, I was you know there was there was a group of people that that I saw did poetry. I mean, Luna's had you know there was at the time, I think it was before Mahogany started. I'm not sure. I'm, Mahogany was probably like maybe 2000. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how to answer this as well. I would say that in 2020, if if it weren't for the pandemic, I'd say there's more happening in, in 2020 than there was in 1995. I mean, there's places have come and gone, right? Shine had a, right. a lot of poetry, then they have less. They still have a little bit. Right. Luna's is still going strong. Mahogany is, you know, every week. I mean, um, there's, uh, so I would say that, you know, the pandemic is definitely, you know, screwing everything up for everybody. I mean, the, the restaurants and the venues and the, you know, you can't even, we can't even get together. Um, but I, I would say, you know, maybe there won't be as much in Midtown, but there'll be, you know, there'll be more happening. I mean, Brick House is a good example, right? That's a place that, you know, it's a great venue. Right. Um, so maybe there's, maybe Barbara gets to have more stuff if there's less stuff downtown. Places move. I mean, um, you know, I think that the, the more art centers there are, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, kind of the, the decentralization, right? If we, you know, if we can go out and have readings in Folsom and readings in Elk Grove and, you know, Ronnie Bopla was doing stuff at uh, the library down in uh, Laguna. Yeah, Laguna, you know, North Laguna. And, uh, you know, there's Poet Laureate Park. And there's, you know, so places, I think it's good if, you know, people kind of latch onto a place that, assuming that we get to go to places again. <laughs> I think it's good that there's lots of places where things are happening. So maybe, maybe there'll be. You know, if Midtown gets too expensive, I mean, I could see a world where uh, SPC becomes too expensive. The rent all of a sudden, you know, Ray or somebody says, wow, I can charge, you know, 5000 a month here. And we go, we can't stay. And then SPC has gone. I don't think that's happened yet. But, you know, that could be in the future somewhere. So SPC for you know, the weird thing about SPC was like for the first 15 years, they were they were all over the place. They moved like every few months. They were they were in Twenty Fourth Street, then they were at somebody's house, and they were in a cafe, and they went to somebody's house, and they rented the ballet. I mean, SPC was like a a hermit crab for for like the first ten years. There was no home. Oh, okay. And then when we were in the ballet, we were like 
you know, kind of the, you know, like second, you know, like the, the seventh sister, like you go, oh, yeah. you get this on Monday nights, right? We were like, we had no rights there. Right. So when we, and even when we moved into our own place, there were three other arts organizations. It was called right. Headquarters for the Arts. Um, so, um, there will no doubt be change, you know, there will no doubt. And to some people it might seem like, Oh my God, you know, this is terrible. And to other people it'll seem, you know, like, wow, this is like the natural, you know, you know, I mean, it's great. I mean, soul collective is a place where young people do poetry. You know, we need, we need all those things. Um, And uh, so I would say I'm not, I'm not looking back to the past and thinking of that as the golden age. Just thinking, you know, hoping. I mean, when I see, you know, uh, when I see young people coming to readings, and it, you know, it's not we're not a young SPC is not a young group, but there's a lot of young people doing poetry. Right. I think that's that's great. It's critical for the the future of Sacramento poetry. And literary okay, that is a good. I, I love that answer. So I want to know since you are since you are departing from SPC this month. I like to say I I love being with you around. I appreciate you very much as being being, being before and after the board. Um, you've always been an inspiration to me, and I just want to say thank you for being there and hope to see you further on. Uh, but do um, where can people find you on social media and stuff? Um. That's a good question. You know, I have a I have a Facebook page and I almost never go there. I don't really know how to use it. It's weird. I go in and it's like, hey, what's this feed and what's that feed? And but um probably email is the best way. I okay. I love I use email. Um I do have uh, you know Random Lane Press, as you saw, has, has yeah. a website. And maybe down the road I'll I'll figure more stuff out and I'll get better <laughs> at, at that. But um you know, Lawrence kept trying to teach me and I'd sit down with him and he'd say, you know, you do this and then you go here and then I'd go home and I'd go, what was that again? <laughs> so I'm just like, I, um, but I do have a Facebook page and people can message me there uh, or, um, and then uh, stanleybob2010 at gmail.com. That's kind of my home. I, I read a hundred emails and I do get back to people, you know, emails, I tell my students, email is the best way to get me. So, okay. um, and you know, maybe down the road, I'll I'll figure out uh, a social media platform that, that works for me. But, um, okay. I've also ha- on SoundCloud. I have a couple of songs on SoundCloud. Oh, I'll check. Uh, it's, I'll under, check that out. it's under Extra Innings Band. Extra Innings, okay. Cool. Extra Innings Band. I'll yeah, put that out there. That's my band. Yeah. Now I was going to send you a CD too. What's your home address? Home address is going to be, uh, well, we'll do this after recording. Okay. All, right. <laughs> All right. No problem. But right. thank you, Bob, for everything you've done. Take care. For more information, please go to L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Iambic Zine. I-A-M-B-I-C-Z-I-N-E. Thank you.